0: Oh, you can't really talk about the early second wave of the women's movement without talking year. about lesbianism. Yeah. Not so, not
1: so. that. This is a WLRN extended interview. So today I'm speaking with Rainbow Star, a feminist performer and songwriter living in Kentucky. Her first album is available now at RainbowStarMusic.com, and her new album, Music from the Rainbow Sparkle Palace Volume Two, will be released soon. With part of the proceeds benefiting a domestic violence shelter in richmond kentucky one of the album's tracks entitled patriarchy song was recently banned on facebook due to lyrics that were considered offensive um so can you tell us maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your music um, your history as a feminist performer Yeah, so
0: I'm a proud Kentuckian, um, born and raised, and I'm currently living here in Berea, Kentucky, home of the beloved author Bell Hooks, as you may know, feminist author. Um, And for about yeah, for about five years, I've been here um, at the Rainbow Sparkle Palace, which is my tiny house and homestead. Um, It's somewhat primitive compared to most modern day American standards. Um, I'm not off grid, but I don't have indoor plumbing. I have an outhouse. Um, I wrote a great compost toilet rap song, which maybe I'll share with you one day. That is <laughs> <About how> compost <laughs> Yeah, compost toilets can save the world. Um, but I grew up with a Catholic conservative upbringing, um, which I was, you know, wholeheartedly into and really supported when I was living at home. Um, but when I left home, I didn't see any evidence of what I'd been supporting out in those bigger worlds um so i my my mind really expanded um is it, it, what it felt like and when i was in college um i had a duo i was singer songwriter um guitarist and vocalist and i i met someone who was he'd been playing guitar for 8 years and i let perfectionism um which is really self criticism and damaging um tell me that i wasn't good enough at playing guitar and so like part of that was really me stop I stopped playing guitar and and songwriting for about thirteen years. Um, so which is ridiculous because at that point, you know, I would had one guitar lesson. I I don't do um lessons very well. I'm not patient enough to sit around and um let someone teach me. So I was self taught. Um, you know, and comparing myself to someone who'd had eight years of of lessons was ridiculous, um, in hindsight. But <laughs> Um, yeah, so after the 13, 13 years songwriting hiatus, I met Susan Hike here in Berea and uh, was at her house one day, and she was playing dulcimer, and I was just captivated, and she said, you know, I've never heard anyone play the Appalachian Mountain dulcimer, and she said, you know, if I loaned you this, would you play it? I was like, duh. And uh, <laughs> she taught me how to play Boiled and Cabbage, a traditional dulcimer song, on the spot and taught me how to read the dulcimer tab, which is really easy. Um, it's a three-stringed instrument. It's really um, user-friendly, and guitars are really hard. Um, it's really not that I wouldn't recommend it to anyone for, for a first-time instrument. So all of these songs, it, it seemed like, that were building up in me over the past 13 years just flooded out, and the dulcimer was the um, the catalyst for that. And I ended up dusting off, dusting off my old guitar and um, collecting <laughs> instruments. I've, I've got what they call IAD, Instrument Acquisition Disorder. So now in my tiny house that's 96 square foot, I have um, seven stringed instruments, um, which you'll hear on my records, um, both the one that's out and the one that's coming out. So it's not just dulcimer, but I've been told that um, because I'm self-taught and impatient um, with lessons, um, <laughs> I've been told that my dulcimer style is really unique. Um, so, most people play, play dulcimer quite differently than I do, and I actually haven't met anyone who's songwriting on dulcimer, and I'm, I'm really looking for someone who does that, um, because it's it's just such a, like, a haunting instrument, and it's hypnotic, in a way. Um, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as far as um, feminist performing, you know, this, this coming record is going to be the first time that I've released music that is feminist in nature, so... I realize that my fan base will be shifting a bit, Um, though Patriarchy Song is something I've been performing for the last two years um, since I wrote it. Um, And, you know, it it was only a couple years ago that I started referring to myself as a feminist. Um, Before then, you know, having still my roots in this conservative Catholic upbringing, I'm still finding the patriarchy inherent in that. Like, I'm still digging that out um, day by day. Um, and a friend, a friend of mine, laughed when I told her that I didn't really necessarily consider myself a feminist. Um, years ago, she said, "You're as feminist as James Brown is funky." And so <laughs> it just really kind of made me stop and think, and I started doing some research um, on feminism and uh, just really accessing that part of myself more. I, I feel like it allowed me to express um, and really be myself. I've always felt like such a complete freaking weirdo, like. You know, in my family, I've been rejected in a lot of ways, Um, although they are a very loving, um, it's a loving place, but I have, Mm -hmm. at at the same time, um, felt like such an outsider, but, you know, feminism allows me to feel like I can really be myself um, unapologetically, so I've, I've been embracing it full force the last few years, so...
1: Yeah, I think I think the, just the term feminism over the last decades, you know, or really since it started, has gotten kind of a bad rap. But I think so many women do have feminist ideals without even realizing it. They're just it's just the the word itself has gotten such a negative reputation that we think, oh, we don't, you know, that's not me. Until you realize it is.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, it really at the core of it really allowed me to. See places in my life where i was I was perpetuating abuse by like accepting and not standing up for myself or not getting away from situations and not recognizing situations as abusive or harassment um and just mm-hmm. kind of going with it because that's what you know is part of daily life as a woman um so being. Being told, like, learning through feminism that I have freaking rights. really,
1: is, <laughs> like,
0: is really what's at the basis of it, um, and that's really freeing, and it feels really good.
1: So I, I noticed that you write your name in uh, all caps. Could you explain what the reasoning is behind that? Yeah, so
0: women are to be seen and heard. Um, not seen and not heard, but seen and heard both. So the implied... Um, amplified volume of writing my name in all caps um makes it seem like something it draws importance to it and draws attention to it. So I'm I'm shouting now where I've been, you know I've been silent before and I, I believe that silence breeds violence and that women's voices are not heard today. Um so I'm I'm working to change that and my name in all caps is part of that.
1: That's awesome. That's great symbolism, I think. Um, So tell me about the the recent song and the the music video, you know, the patriarchy song, and, you know, how has that been received in general so far? What's some of the feedback you've gotten on it? And, you know, how did the the Facebook ban happen, which I feel like kind of proves the entire point of the song, really? (laughs) Uh, A women sister, like, absolutely. (laughs) It proves
0: the point exactly. So people have been largely supportive, although I have had to block some people on my YouTube and my Facebook um, men um, who just sometimes it's incoherent. I don't even understand what point they're trying to make, but comments that have just been really vile. But overwhelmingly, people have been supportive. Um, In March of this year, Facebook, uh, so I got on to Facebook one morning and I saw that they my, um, had an event inviting women all over the world to share Me Too moments for the music video for Patriarchy Song, and they deleted the event, and I got no notice of that. I just rec- realized it was gone, and then I got all these notices that they had removed my posts where I'd been sharing about the event from women's groups on Facebook. And uh, there was a re- repeal process that, or a review process that they allotted, and so I did request that on several, never heard anything back from that. Um, and it was just—it was kind of hanging in a weird limbo. I wasn't quite sure what the hell had happened for a while, until about a month later, I posted um, the patriarchy song again, and one of my fans tried to repost it, and he said that Facebook told him that this, that this video had been reported as offensive, and that he could not share it. And um, so it was really strange. I mean, the, the day that they removed the Me Too. Um, block um, sorry, the Me Too event. Um, I also w- I couldn't share the patriarchy. I noticed I couldn't share the patriarchy song on Instagram or even Facebook Messenger. It was just it was really weird. It was bizarre. Um, it was confusing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely. It just, I think it's just really transparent of them. Like Facebook is apparently run by misogynists, um, which really shouldn't be surprising. Um, but It really just fueled my fire even more, um, to shout even louder. I mean, here here I was trying to invite women to break the silence that breeds violence and share the Me Too moments. (laughs) Facebook was like, no, you can't do that. Like, what
1: the, (laughs) the irony, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering what Twitter has been doing for the last year or whatever to you know feminists to speak out i mean it's it's no surprise that facebook would be would be next on on the list Mm -hmm. but um i mean so what can you tell us did did they give you a reason for why it was banned was it the the visual content was it some of the lyrics do you know
0: no, I don't know. And, in fact, I didn't know officially that it had actually been reported. Like, I could, I could speculate that it had been reported, but I had no information until a fan told me that he tried to share the video and they told him that it was reported as offensive. Um, but regarding the lyrics, I would guess the most offensive lyrics are um, in the song. I, I actually drew them from a, a Hot Chip song. I don't know if you know Hot Chip. Um, they're from... England. Um, but one of their songs from drummer to driver, the line, I've got an M16, I've got an M16 in my house. Um, that was from hot Chip, And it's interesting that I, I played that song, um, at my house, I had a party and played that song and like sang the lyrics, like in front of some friends and no one thought a thing of it. Um, mm-hmm. because men, men saying violent things is no BD. Um, but it's, it's scary for people when it comes from a woman's mouth. And I think maybe it should be, because women's power is a force to freaking be reckoned with. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm not making violent threats in the song. I am defending myself against harassment and abuse. And, um, you know, I don't ever want to make an excuse for making violent threats. But, you know, in the song it does go back to taking that moment and saying, okay, there's, so there's a bridge in the song that a friend of mine heard the song several times. And he, he took issue with the M 16 line. And I'm like, but did you not hear the bridge? Which apparently he'd not listened to. He just stopped listening. Once he heard, I've got an M 16 in my house, but the bridge goes, let's get the M 16 and make it a planter maybe plant some hops in it. We can make beer. God knows I could use the beer. So I mean, you know, while there is this like, this like rage, um, that is being expressed in this line and this threat. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want anyone to suffer. Um, I'm very, very much like a compassionate person, um, and as a woman, have more sensitivity to, to everyone's pain. And I think it's perfectly rational to have rage in response to the oppression that is here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's perfectly rational.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the way I saw it was the the line about the N16. To me, that was. You know, in defense of the the violence that you were speaking about against women, so it wasn't an mm-hmm. a, an act of aggression. it was, you know, a reference to to, to defending ourselves, as you said mm-hmm. you are listening to WLrN. yeah so there's a lot of the music video is really powerful um can you tell us a little bit about like what inspired the concept i mean there's this really great scene where you and you know alongside a man you're both running down the street shirtless and it just has this really powerful you know connotation of what women are prevented from doing because what brought that what made you you know inspired to do that God, well, uh, there are dudes here in town that
0: run, <laughs> run through town all the time with their shirts off. And every time I see it, all, it takes everything in me to not rip off my shirt and start running down the street beside them and fucking dare someone to arrest me. Um, yeah. So that's part of what inspired that. But then when I started researching it for the music video, cause I'm like, hmm, I might get arrested. I have some money for bail. That'd be cool to add in the video. <laughs> like, we can't stop rolling the tape. If that does happen, but it's actually legal in Kentucky, um, oh, okay. which is wonderful. So um, it's about taking back power. Um, free the nipple movement is huge, is wonderful, and actually today Facebook uh, rejected me boosting a post, um, an ad that had an image, that image from the music video, which Facebook actually their algorithm randomly selected. That image is the thumbnail for the video, the music video that I uploaded. So that's interesting. Wow. But and then now they've banned it. They're saying that it's you know it shows nudity, but the nipples are freaking blurred out for one. Yeah, you can't actually and, see it. <laughs> and for two, shirtless men, no problem for some stupid patriarchal reason. Um, of course. But but the video really it's about taking back power and breaking silence. You know, a lot of the violence. Sexual assault and domestic domestic violence happen in closed quarters, and w- women are often shamed and not believed in regards to them. I mean, like almost always, um, and it's really hard to receive justice and um, for those crimes to be, um, per, you know, prosecuted and for those men to um, face time. So, taking the privacy of that and making it public. Um, And my hopes in doing that is to break the shame around that. Um, You know, maybe some other women will see that myself and these other women who shared their Me Too moments in the video have experienced them, and it's not just you. It's not just, you know, that you're making wrong choices or that, you know, you're not good enough. Like, this happens to so many women. And Mm -hmm. um, my hopes are to stop the cycle in that and also wake some men up in the process, you know, because I... I swear to God, like, so many men, even quote-unquote good men, still have no clue how much violence we face on a daily basis. Like, you know, one of my quote-unquote good men friends, like, heard a patriarchy song, and he's like, well, that's not true, that's not my experience, you know, like, um I can't just do whatever I want because I'm a dude, I'm like, for fucking real, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like, how many times have you gone to a public place by yourself at night and had to fear for your life, like you know how many times like every like my hair is short right now because i shaved it years ago i didn't want to be beautiful anymore because i'd been raped like
1: you know mhm yeah it's just they i mean of course it's not their experience because they haven't lived it but uh i think it's some of them can be educated and we should we should keep trying to do that to whoever will listen but um yeah so what what are your thoughts on i mean given the the censorship you know and in comparison to the, the harassment and threats of violence that women, you know, is increasingly more so as we deal with these more complex issues that keep coming up against women, you know, on social media, women receive threats every day and, you know, they'll report them and nothing is done about them. So, you know, what do you what do you think is going on behind the scenes in terms of I mean, is this you think something deliberate with the social media companies? Is it just, uh, you know, you mentioned that it was largely, you know, part of it's an algorithm. But, I mean, what do you think is going on and what do you think we can do to sort of fight back against it?
0: Well, um, I don't think getting off Facebook entirely is is one, but, like, having having other social media platforms in regards to Facebook, um, I mean, in addition to Facebook would be, would be good um, mm-hmm. and being able to use Facebook to our advantage, like to make to make communities off of Facebook. So I found you all through Facebook. Um, uh, let me see. I think I need a minute. <laughs> um, can you ask yeah, the question again?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess just what I was saying was, you know, what what are your thoughts on the fact that you know something like this is something like your music video was banned for something so ridiculous, whereas, you know, the the men who make threats against women on on social media every day, you know, nothing happens to them. I mean, it's just where do we go from here, and what what do you think we can do to sort of fight back against that?
0: Well, fighting back in general, um, you know, my kind of, I guess, three-step plan is radical self-love and self-care, first of all, Mm -hmm. because it's exhausting and we need a full battery in order to do it. And I think it's an act of feminism to accept both the beautiful and, quote, unquote, ugly parts of ourselves. Um, the patriarchy has really ingrained in us this idea of not being good enough and um, shame and, ex- you know, expressing those feelings and, like, letting those feelings out and embracing them and loving them. I think that's it's a magic of, you know, the divine feminine that is within each of us as women um, that can be super freaking powerful, like that we really need right now. So number one, radical self-love and self-care. Number two, vote um, in local and state elections as well. Like they, they do have more power than I think a lot of people realize. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And and three, organizing, particularly in person, you know, show up to events. Don't just VP, but like, and I know it's hard, A lot of us have, like, major introversion and social anxiety, but show up in person and, like, connect with other women, talk with other women, and don't stop speaking out. Um, Also, researching grants is something that I have found to be really helpful. Um, Kentucky Foundation for Women has given me a, a few grants over the last couple of years and um, for my music specifically and they specifically support feminist artists like that's amazing and that's and it's not a one off like there are definitely other organizations out there looking to fund women's efforts to you know whether it's art or activism or both um, you know I would really encourage women to research those and if and if you want some support around grant writing, I didn't had never done this before the past couple years, and um, working with Kentucky Foundation for Women. So I would invite anyone. You're welcome to write me if you need some support. Um, I'd be happy to talk with anybody about that process. And lastly, I mean, just starting where you are. Um, again, going back to like where you are is good enough, and nobody is perfect at what they're doing, and no one is better than you are at what you want to do. Like really, even I mean, it's really kind of. <sighs> I think it's really important for us to just get out there and do it, um, as imperfectly as we will and, and know that that's okay. And that, Mm -hmm. um, it also, it also helps other people to know that it's okay for them to get out there and do it. You know, we're all, we're all human. We're all imperfect. Um, and we're going to make mistakes. Um, but, but just, just start and just do it now. Um,
1: you know, speaking out and, um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's very encouraging. Um, and I, so you mentioned grants, and um, so I know that your, I think it's your upcoming album, uh, some of the proceeds are, are going to be going to benefit this domestic violence shelter uh, near where you live. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why you chose them?
0: Yeah, so Hope's Wings um, Domestic Violence Shelter, they're in Richmond, Kentucky. It's about a 20 minute drive from Berea. Um, You know, I'm a victim of domestic violence. I survived um, an abusive marriage, um, and I've experienced um, abuse as a child. Um, And, you know, it's it's such a pervasive issue, and it's such, like, an all-encompassing issue. Like, it it permeates every aspect of our entire society in ways that I think we don't even realize yet. But um, so in any way that... Um, I can help a program that's supporting women and their children, um, getting back on their feet and saving women's lives, um, because three or four now, they're saying women are murdered by their partners in the U.S. alone, and that doesn't count women who are murdered by people who are not their partners or ex-partners or attempts made on their lives. It, I mean, it's insane. It's just a rampant, horrific issue. Any, any little bit that I can do to help, um, you know, is 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 important. <laughs>
1: That's great. That's great to hear. Um, so, what are what are your future plans in music on, with the new album? Do you have any upcoming performances scheduled? Or
0: yeah, so um, tour is TBA. There is uh, going to be an August ninth performance here in Berea um, at the Levitt Amp series that has been going on here for a few years. Um, But really, you know, just I want to give back financially um, as an artist doing what I love to do and not just, um, you know, scrubbing toilets, which is my day job. (laughs) That's that's what I really want to do, you know, give back with Mm -hmm. my art. And um, I want for that to be valued and to value that enough myself to, you know, keep putting myself wholeheartedly into that um, and to give back energetically by inspiring women and inspiring femme musicians, Um, You know, my upcoming record was all recorded on my iPhone using the voice recorder app that came with it, Um, and it already sounds better than my first record did, like, at the first mix, um, which was professionally recorded. So, I, you know, I want to empower other women to do it, you know, that they can make music because I I meet a lot of women who don't feel like, you know, they have the resources or the ability or the skills, and... you know, it's it's really important to me to encourage other women to, to just fucking do it. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I think we all have something important to say and that we can. You don't have to be, you know, Lady Gaga I to put a record out and you know, and it'd be really important. So um and I do hope at some point to connect with Audie DeFranco. Getting on Righteous Babe records is like my, my life's goal. Um so that's something that I'd really like to do. I I love her work and She's so such an important um, figure for women right now.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, thank you so much for, for talking to us. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with our listeners? Anything else you'd want them to know about you?
0: I can't think of anything at this moment, but I just I really do want to thank you for connecting me with your listeners. And um, yeah, thanks.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a WLRN Extended Interview. If you enjoy these extended interviews, consider making a donation on our WordPress site under the Donate tab. Thank you for listening.